Hello and welcome to another episode of the Schooner Pod. This is yet another of the series of Bye Bye Big 12. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Ty Lee. And Ty, today we're breaking down the short-lived, yet mostly eventful, series between the Oklahoma Sooners and the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, the Mountaineers haven't been here very long, but when you think of West Virginia uh, and OU, what do you think of? When I think of West Virginia and OU, I think of chippy games, not necessarily always on the scoreboard. But when I think of West Virginia and every year going into the West Virginia game, and I've been a, I've been a, not a proponent of this is not the right word, but I've been, I've been selling this storyline for a long time. And thankfully in the past couple of years, I've started to get some some wider buy-in in this, but this one felt like had it continued, it would have been sort of a light rivalry. I know that's kind of whatever, but th this was always a game where, I mean, it, maybe it's just the style of player that West Virginia had and, and their system, but West Virginia was always very chippy, like a lot of talking, a lot of shoving, a lot of, you know, taunting and teasing a lot of, of of name calling and and all sorts of extracurriculars just all the time and it, it was you know every team has those years where they're chippier than other you know the baker mayfield versus kansas year you know or baker mayfield versus everyone was that way against baker but <laughs> right uh baker versus baylor you know I'm, I'm gonna have to spank you i'm gonna have to remind <laughs> you daddy like the, all the kansas stuff but West Virginia was just always chippy against OU. They were always also very chippy against Texas as well, just constant. You know, they went all in on the horns down and, and stuff, but they they very much very – they cared a lot. And when someone is, you know, talking a bunch of crap in between plays and, and then starting to to shove you around and, and you know, maybe some some later hits, some some stuff after the whistle, maybe some – some uh, jawing. Yeah, stuff like that. It, you get buy-in from both sides when that happens, and a lot of the times in in this series history, you know, we would we would stomp them down pretty effectively on the scoreboard. But I mean, this was a game that it was always going to be exciting. As an OU fan, it was a it was a must-watch just because you really didn't know, you know, what what was going to happen. You knew that we were most likely going to win by double digits, but you know, somebody could get thrown out. You know, people start shoving and. You know, sometimes the guy who shoves back is the one that gets thrown out. You know, you you could have one of your, your one of your star people can get ejected on some sort of second half, you know, weird stuff, and it affects the next week and and all sorts of stuff like this. So I was always excited for for West Virginia um, going out to West Virginia. Obviously, a big ordeal. Or West Virginia coming to OU always felt a little bit less exciting, but always a super cool. I even like color matchup on the uniforms even yep. i'm not a, an advocate for like color rush or anything like that but just blue and yellow and then the red and, and white or crimson and cream whatever you want to call it i mean we wore alternates a lot against west virginia yeah always um, actually that was like the thing yeah for the past the past couple years which was unfortunate but um yeah it was always just a good it was a good lively matchup it, it had it had like some life to it yeah, no, and, and that's the thing is even though the series wasn't exactly was, was predictable in terms of result, oh, you went nine and one against them. Their first loss was uh, this past year, as with a lot of teams recently, um, they went nine and one, nine and one in the 10 previous years against West Virginia. But 
the way you got there, you never really knew what the hell was going to happen. It was always wild. It was always weird. Several games of that. Um, going to do a quick rundown of our history before. Uh, not a lot, honestly. Uh, the the series was tied 2-2 outside of it. Um, OU's wins weren't notable, but the West Virginia wins were. Uh, 1989, West Virginia upset OU in Norman. Pretty big deal uh, with Switzer in charge. Uh, my dad was very upset about that, and he's mentioned it several times. And then the uh, 2008 Fiesta Bowl. Uh, that was a team with Pat White, Steve Slayton, uh, that narrowly missed the national championship, lost to uh, Pitt, their blood rival at home uh, <laughs> on the last day of the season. One of the craziest parts of 2007. Um, and West Virginia went in and absolutely smacked OU. Uh, that When I think of West Virginia history, I think of the, that this game specifically a lot. Um, Owen Schmidt, that big old fullback having a 50 plus yard touchdown, awful stuff. But, uh, the Mountaineers joined the big 12 in 2012 after fleeing the collapsing big East, which became the American. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, series isn't over yet. They, the, the Mountaineers still play OU in Norman in 2023. So we have one more game of this left, but, uh, overall, um, let's get into some of these games because yes. This has been a really, really fun series. So uh, do we want to start with best or worst moments? They're not a lot of worst ones. Uh, yeah, I think, I guess maybe get into worst because there's just not a whole lot. I, obviously, last year comes to mind on everything, but I think maybe worst will just sort of naturally flow into best. So maybe get worse out of the way because it's going to be shorter. Yeah, so like, yeah, obviously the worst game is last year when we lost to a 3-6 and six West Virginia team. Um, on a game-winning field goal with their backup quarterback. That was bad. You can still see my reaction to that. I think what the worst game to me, I hated 2012. It, it's like the cousin of that 2016 game uh, against Texas Tech that we talked about. Mm -hmm. But it's far worse. It was far more annoying, mainly because while OU Tech in 2016 was back and forth the whole time, OU just kind of blew a massive halftime lead. They were up 31-17. That Geno Smith, uh, West Virginia team, stormed in, had an insane game. Uh, Tavon Austin, for for some Sooner fans of a certain name, that name just sent shivers down your spine. 344 yards. Uh, Stedman Bailey uh, chipped in at uh, 204 himself. Just absolutely brutal. Um, but look, Landry Jones, the folks who think Landry is one of the best quarterbacks, they point to this game. 554 yards, six touchdowns. 38 for 51, including the game-winning pass to Kenny Stills. Uh, it was a spectacle of a game and one that I'm sure a lot of people do not want to relive. Yeah, I mean, Landry Jones had a he had a tough situation, you know, following right after Sam Bradford, who in his day was, was the guy, uh, especially at OU football. So I, I think Landry Jones didn't, didn't necessarily get a fair shakedown. I this game was an excellent performance. I don't, not trying to make this a bit, but I think objectively our current quarterback situation could not put together a Landry Jones performance in, in this kind of, in this kind of game. So I, I think Landry Jones easily a, a very good quarterback by college standards. We always talk about that OU standard at quarterback that they can hurt some people, but yeah, I don't, I don't have, Negative. I, I rarely have negative memories towards a game that we win if it's a if it's an exciting one like that. So I don't necessarily have 
a negative memory towards towards that one. My biggest negative memory last year, obviously, but last year it just felt like, um, you know, that was just kind of the whole year. You know, if it, people were going to get their shots in, people were going to get their shots in. It was kind of a crushing loss to have the first in-conference loss against a team. Like I remember when that happened, obviously, way longer than last year, but our first our first loss against Baylor ever was just a crushing wow. defeat <laughs> just because it was like, oh, no, we were like 25-0 and 0 against Baylor at the time and then finally, finally lost one. And even though you're just dominating the series, it's just such a crushing defeat because you lose that shutout. But, yeah, for me, the not a Big 12 game, but that – that uh, bowl game in 2008. I remember watching that on, I had like one of those little like TVs with like a VCR, like one of the little ones yep. in, in my room. And I remember watching that game and uh, yeah, it was uh, so bad. I was like okay. so excited. I knew we were going to win because it was West Virginia. I was like, I don't even do West Virginia. Like, why they are they fired their coach in the Fiesta Bowl? Or I think it was the Fiesta Bowl. It was, yeah. And uh, yeah, we were good that year. We were good the next year too. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a crushing one. But not in the Big Twelve. So sticking with the the theme, but that kind of you know the fact that less than two decades ago we weren't in the same conference, and and that's kind of still in recent memory, kind of the most crushing loss to me. Uh, kind of speaks to this series. It, it was just one that it didn't necessarily have any history. Like it, it felt, and I don't want to diminish it because there were some exciting, fun games that we're about to get into. But with the length of this, it almost felt like an extended home and home contract situation. And and that kind of neatly ties into another point that we had in the notes is it just made no sense for a regular season matchup. Uh, either a team from West Virginia flying to Oklahoma or a team from Oklahoma flying to West Virginia. And we only had to do it once. West Virginia had to do it the entire time. I still do not understand um, why they're latched on to the Big 12. But uh, I guess, you know, if that's if that's the best that, that they can get for them, you know, I'm not trying to dive into that or make the Big 12 sound bad, but it just, it didn't make sense, but it did kind of feel like an extended home. Like each game felt almost like a little, marquee matchup not like a little punch around game like you play the montana states or whatever but uh not like a you know it wasn't ohio state or, or notre dame either but it felt like a little marquee matchup you know both teams cared a lot like we talked about they were punchy here and there and it was a long travel thing and and uh there were some neat time slots and some neat games that we're we're about to get into but yeah extended home and home is how i would describe this yeah because they like they weren't very familiar um the team that also joined them in that year, TCU, like we played them a bunch before they joined the big 12. I felt like West Virginia had that one bowl and that was it. And it just, it, it yeah. never felt right, but it was always kind of interesting. So I'm, I'm with you. On well, that. yeah. And like TCU is in Fort Worth. Yeah. They're right like there. TCU makes a ton of sense. You, we, everyone knows we have a TCU uh, alum and, and fan on this podcast. Like everyone knows people from TCU. Like you drive by to, you see TCU in Fort Worth. Like it, makes sense for us to play them. There's a, a ton of like common culture and stuff. Not that it's too culturally different, but like West Virginia is closest. The university is closest to, to Pittsburgh. Um, I know, I know some West Virginia students and stuff, but from when I was in the military, I don't know any West Virginia people, you know, even when I lived in the Carolinas, I didn't know any West Virginia people. Like I didn't, 
I've never met a, a West Virginia fan or um, like student or alum outside of, you know, a sort of unique, more unique than the normal, I guess, situation. But yeah, it just didn't make sense. It felt kind of like a, a marquee matchup in that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it it's that kind of weird, like kind of foreign feel where you're like, I don't know these people. They, I don't really know them at all. It's interesting to see them. That, I think that brought a lot of intrigue. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, but uh, anyways, so yeah, we, we got the worst out of the way. I'd say probably the, the biggest villain is definitely Tavon Austin. That's doesn't really need a lot of talking about. Um, let's talk about some of the good games. Cause I think we've had some really, really fun ones. Um, to me, the I, I'll get into the best in a bit, but to me, the one that um, stands out as the best OU performance overall, 2016, when Baker Mayfield and D.D. Westbrook just lit up West Virginia, number 14 uh, in Morgantown. It was a top 15 matchup. OU was number nine. Uh, it was a snow game, which OU doesn't get a lot of snow games, uh, mm-hmm. like at all, you know, obviously with the region we're in. Uh, so that was pretty fun. And OU just absolutely balled out 41 to seven in the third quarter, just an absolute blowout uh, from the jump. Um, And it it was probably the peak performance of that 2016 team, which, you know, if it wasn't for those first uh, two losses at the start of the season might've been Baker's best team. Yeah. I, that game was just, it, it had that sort of not Matt. Well, magical could be a, you know, not sooner magic, you know, it wasn't a super lucky situation, but it just, it had that sort of magical feel like super foreign. It was super different. It was familiar yet. So different for an OU fan. Like it was at night, there was snow, it was in conference, but you know, hours and hours and hours away from, you know, it wasn't just wasn't feasible for anyone to drive to that. It was just a, um, it was late too. Well, obviously it was at night, but yeah, it was like the um, time game too. It was big. Yeah, it was just such a interesting. It didn't. It almost didn't feel like an OU game, but it was. Not that West Virginia was some big scary opponent, but it was just so different, you know. And that I guess was what West Virginia brought to the Big Twelve here and there with some super different. You know, you might get a night game in the snow, which, if I remember right, I don't think that was like the forecast even all day. I think the snow came on as, as kind of a surprise. Uh, I might be completely off base there, but I maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but I don't remember anyone saying anything about it potentially being a snow game, even until like that afternoon. And then they were like, maybe, and then the forecast changed and then we did get snow. So yeah, that one definitely sticks out to me as uh, you know, that was kind of a golden era for, a little mini golden era for, for OU football, at least a, a little resurgence with the Baker and Kyler and Hertz eras. But um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a really good one, but that's, that's sorry, but just to finish my thought, like that's kind of what these West Virginia games are. Even the good ones, you know, we we're just recording this after we finished our Texas tech one. If you all haven't listened to that one, definitely recommend going back and, and listening to that one. But like in tech, we talked about with our most significant game, spoiler alert, was the 2008 one. And it was national title relevance. It decided more or less the Heisman. And it was just such a big, super significant game. This one was just not even that significant of a game um, at all. And, it, you know, we're, we're, it was good not to diminish it, but 
you know, oh, it was at night and it snowed. It was really cool. That's kind of what what this West Virginia series ultimately was. There's just not a whole lot of of super just crazy, you know, instant classic college football storylines in here. Yeah, the stakes really weren't usually there. But here was a game with stakes that we're going to move on to next. Uh, 2018, uh, which was uh, the Kyler Murray year. Um, the Sooners were ranked six. West Virginia was ranked 13th. It was on Black Friday. And OU had to get in, had to win to get in to the Big 12 championship. Otherwise, I believe West Virginia would have been going. I can't remember if the Big 12 stand, championship uh, standings are on the top of my head, but it was senior night. It was Black Friday. And this is it just an absolute um, shootout. Kyler Murray led OU in a just a, a insane performance three touchdown passes 155 yard rushing touchdown the kyler murray staple uh obviously got to give a nod to the year before when he got subbed in uh <laughs> subbed in with um when baker mayfield got suspended and immediately almost housed it uh shades of that immediately uh in his starting year um hollywood brown incredible performance uh 243 yards two touchdowns uh <laughs> His cousin Antonio Brown was in attendance. That was a fun factor. Uh, and then Kennedy Brooks with 182 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Um, overall, back and forth, tight game, incredible stuff. Um, the odds were fully against OU there. They hadn't looked very good. Mike Stoops had been fired, um, but they gutted it out, got a crazy good win. Two defensive touchdowns for this team. It was um, absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah, I remember that that point specifically, your defensive coordinator getting fired and then the team immediately having, you know, maybe it was like freak chance, but immediately having like a super significant bump in, in defensive performance and then getting two defensive touchdowns is, is uh, definitely not what you want to see as that outgoing coach for sure. Absolutely not. And uh, I would argue this was probably Kyler Murray's like Heisman moment or one of his Heisman moments that really propelled him to that next level uh, where we kind of talked about him as being the second uh, behind Tua. And he just mm -hmm. this was where he made that jump. It was unbelievable stuff uh, from Kyler. Uh, it, for me, it's a game that I and I mean, we've talked about it um, when we were reflecting on Kyler. This is a game I think of when I think of him. Um, because yeah. he just he just was so undeniably incredible and in a game they desperately had to win in the most hostile of circumstances. It was that makes it, sense. It, it was my peak of OU West Virginia uh, for sure. The stakes were there, uh, the performance was there, the game actually itself was there. It was just awesome. Yeah, I when I think of Heisman moment, I think of. Of uh, two things. I think this was certainly, I think every player has their gets everyone to pay attention moment. I think this was his. And then I think the Heisman moment is the one where, you know, like he's definitely going to win it. Um, yeah. I think this one could be either, but yeah, I think you make a very good case for, I mean, you can't argue with what you just said about the, the stakes, especially, I mean, there just isn't another one in conference where, everything lines up like that and and uh, yeah so i think this is the most significant game my i think my favorite is still the uh the 2016 one but yeah most significant game and um 
I'm almost struggling to think of what else we have to to share. I mean, a, a lot of my favorite West Virginia stuff was like the the fact that you could get old Daniel Holgerson riled up. Uh, <laughs> he would get bothered by by crowd stuff, so you could sort of yell insults and 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 crowd chants and stuff at, at Dana. I love doing that uh, in the student section. That was fun. Like that's my that's my favorite West Virginia memory is like college football, like student section, stuff like that. So um, obviously got to share that, but I, yeah, I, I'm almost struggling for, for, uh, you know, a lot of stuff that I had for West Virginia here, because it's just, that's kind of the story of, of the series is obviously there's some history, but not a whole lot of history. Not that the big 12 was, was that old, but it's no, they're no Texas. They're, no. they're not even not even no Texas Tech. So. <laughs> no, no, they they are like Texas Tech light. You know, you had your fun moments, but overall, you know, nothing really remarkable. Um, it was just annually just kind of a game on the schedule. It was fun. You mixed it up a bit. That's about it. And uh, I guess we can kind of end with, you know, are you going to miss them? Kind, not really, honestly, all that much. I, I think they're just too distant. Um Never really made sense. It was a fun, like you said, a fun extended home and home essentially. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna not gonna miss them on the schedule. They had their they had their moments. Um, I don't know. I'm not gonna miss them all that much. What about you? Yeah, I'm not. I don't think anyone in the athletics department. Like, I don't. I don't think very many people are gonna miss. Them. I, I don't think. I think people who are coordinating. The, the travel and the logistics of it all, they're not going to miss them. Uh, I don't know that this game ever really made us any meaningful money uh, at all, especially accounting for, for all the travel and, and all the other costs that went into just facilitating this game. I mean, obviously West Virginia made sense at a conference scale, which is why they were allowed into the conference. But I don't think this game ever really made sense for, it didn't make sense regionally. It didn't make sense financially for OU I don't think it was never really that relevant of a game. I, I really think the only people that are really going to miss this game, there might be some like freaks in, in West Virginia <laughs> that just thought that we were their biggest rivals or, or that, that we were super big rivals. Like that always comes up. Like there's a, for some reason, a ton of Iowa state fans that think that we, uh, we actually care about their, their MPC school, um, <laughs> which I would like to add, that's like a term in common use now. Like people say like, Oh, so-and-so is like a, You're a pioneer an MPC or whatever. I, I certainly we weren't the first to come up with it, but we were way early on that. Like the schooner pod calling Iowa state a uh, video game, bad guys, or just video game characters that were just there doing scripted things. Uh, that was long before that became trendy. So maybe someone listened to us. And uh, became trendy, but West Virginia wasn't necessarily like a video game bad guy like uh, Iowa State is. But yeah, I don't. I'm sure there's like a, a fairly decent OU alumni base in Pittsburgh that maybe is just devastated that <laughs> yeah. they had a an OU game that they could drive to uh, at least every other year, and that's gone. But that's that's the only thing I can really think of uh, outside of. I mean, I assume maybe West Virginia has some alumni base and like. Oklahoma city or maybe Dallas that like look Texas. forward to their, their West Virginia game that they could drive through, drive to every other year. But now uh, they just but, get to drive to Fort Worth, 
you know, they, there are. Yeah. There so are, yeah, the West like Virginia, the West Virginia fan base. Yeah. is not at a loss. So yeah, the only people that I guess realistically would miss this game would be OU alums living in Pittsburgh who at least <laughs> had one game every other year that they could drive to. Yeah. It's I, I West Virginia is not going to miss it either. I, I don't think they really like this conference all that much. All of their rivals are in are in different conferences. It's not fun. I I I don't. No, think West like West it. Virginia is one hundred percent the kid that had to go to like their backup school and did not really want to. And all of their friends go to another school. Like they wanted to go to the ACC and they didn't. They couldn't get in, so they <laughs> got into like their backup school and they're trying to pretend like they care about like going to Oklahoma state when they actually really, really wanted to go to like SMU and they have to pretend like they chose to go to Oklahoma state and they're just on Instagram every day, seeing all their friends having fun at SMU. That's, that's West Virginia. Here. Yeah. And West Virginia had to do something or also it'd be like stuck in like Blinn college because, and they didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. They had to get in. <laughs> then they realized they somewhere. only applied. Yeah. They're like, Oh God, we only applied to one other university. It's here. Or like, I don't even know what. Or, or we're stuck with this like crappy community college. That's it. Yeah. We, have to, we just have to go somewhere. Just get out of here. And then they realized it was a horrible mistake, you know, a couple months down the line. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's West Virginia for you. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's our episode of, uh, bye bye big 12, uh, for West Virginia. Ty, I think we kind of got final thoughts out of the way. eh? Yeah. It, I mean, it's a, that's just a perfect, just to think about it. I, I have to get a parting shot in because West Virginia was, was always so chippy. It, it really, it makes sense that West Virginia is just kind of stuck in the big 12 because they can't get anywhere better because, West Virginia itself is just a school for kids who couldn't get into Penn or Penn State or Pitt. So, um, you know, it's fitting. Maybe, maybe they've grown to enjoy it. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe maybe Country Roads will take them home to the conference where they belong. Yeah, their someday. song about actual Virginia. Mike. Actual Virginia. <laughs> Wrong state. Written by a Texas Tech alum. Yeah. Incredible stuff. But, yeah. So that was our episode of that. If of a Bye bye, Big 12. If you like this one, we got a couple more in the queue. So go back and check them out. Uh, all good stuff. And if you're a West Virginia fan, you know, we've had a couple people pop on these uh, videos and, you know, from, you know, uh, Kansas State, Texas Tech, pop in and, you know, comment here and there. Uh, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And make sure, mm -hmm. if you have any memories, make sure to chime in. Let us know how, how you feel about everything. Maybe vent a little bit. I We weren't really that mean to you. I don't think all things considered. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, cool. Well, yeah, if you're, if you're a West Virginia fan watching, I want to say thank you to Bobby uh, for putting like pictures and stuff in the captions, because I know they couldn't read to figure out what this video was. Oh my God. So uh, shout out to Bobby for <laughs> making this, we this uh, video enough. accessible to West Virginia fans. If you are a West Virginia fan. Who oh found my this. God. On that note, thank y'all so much for watching. We'll see y'all next time. Boomer Sooner, everybody.